We're just going to continue in a mode of worship for a few moments. There was an urgency in the air as our text was written. You might be seated. It was an urgency that was revealing a broken heart, mistrust. It was an urgency that that there were those that felt like Jesus had failed them. As we come on this uh, Easter season, Sunday, we know that this week, as it relates to Scripture leading up to the crucifixion, that Jesus had a death sentence. And he willfully obeyed the Father to embrace that death sentence. We know that he was God. We know that he was human. We know that he said, like any other human would have said, this is not what I really want to do because the cross and crucifixion is so torturous. And he died for you and me. There needs to be an urgency in the church today. I notice you know that, of course, uh, the cathedral there in Paris burned and already more than voluntarily a billion dollars plus has been committed to say we will rebuild. A sense of urgency that we have to get that structure back up. As we move into Easter Sunday, Sunday morning, do not discount in your heart of hearts what God might do. There is a warfare that's going on as it was in Jesus' time as he was preparing to go to Jerusalem, a satanic warfare. There is a warfare taking place today. The scripture that is so brief in the Bible in John the 11th chapter says Jesus wept. And we ask ourselves, why did he weep? And why should we weep? The point is, he saw the disappointment of unmet expectations. In John eleven twenty one, 21, it was Martha who said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Had you just been present, he wouldn't have died. And the unmet expectation as Martha watched her brother breathe his last breath. And she knew and she believed that Jesus had the ability to take him out of that sickness and cause him not to face death. And that unmet expectation in her heart, in her life, drove her actions. I'm praying tonight as we prepare to get into prayer in a few moments that we will, in fact, clothe ourselves in prayer, that we will, in fact, tonight and these next several days do everything that we can so that there will be no unmet expectations on our part. Point number two, Jesus wept because he saw the broken heart. Verse 33 of John 11, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, 
he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Martha saw Jesus first. She sent word to Mary. Mary came. When Mary left so quickly, the Jews that were there mourning with her, the word there where they were weeping indicates a loud bellowing sound of crying out and weeping and wringing of hands. And when Jesus saw Mary, it said it caused him to be moved in the spirit and troubled. When he saw that, the pain of a broken heart. I mentioned last night in the annual business meeting, I mentioned the fact that in the scripture it says, that he says, I am the God of the living and not the God of the dead. I stated that when a person dies, we, we don't know the magnitude of what that means. We are assured that God loves us. He loves us with a, a love that cannot be broken. But when life leaves this body, we will live eternally somewhere. And this is what Jesus said. If you die knowing me, then I'm going to be with you eternally on and on and on and on and on. I am the God of the living. But he said, I'm not the God of the dead. And what people fail to realize, that when you die, the chill and the shroud of hopelessness and eternal pain without God lasts forever. And when you pray for family members who might be running away from God, that are led by blindness, led by fear, pray when you pray and remember if they die without Jesus, they will be without God for all of eternity and he will no longer be available in any way, shape or form to them. So we pray and we trust and we believe God together. He saw that broken heart and when he did he wept. And number three, he saw the plight of sin and death. In John eleven thirty eight, 38, Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. For every disciple, for all those who were watching, when they wrapped Lazarus' body and placed him in the tomb and rolled the stone in, as far as they were concerned, that was it. Jesus went to the tomb, and when he went to the tomb, he saw the stone at the entrance. And he knew what that meant, and he knew what others believed, and he knew what that meant. The disciples were puzzled. They were puzzled because they thought, you could have prevented this. You could. Lazarus is your friend. You could have stopped it. He didn't have to die. It didn't have to be a stone over a tomb somewhere. 
It didn't have to take place. Jesus said to the disciples, for your benefit, I didn't heal him prior to his death. I did not heal him so that you could see my glory demonstrated. But they saw the stone as the hopelessness in Jesus was moved by their feeling. I know this. There are some people you will fight and claw, so to speak, to try to get them in church on Sunday. You say, why are you saying Sunday? Because Easter Sunday is a time when we believe that our world is moved in a greater way to try to do something for God. I heard the comment of one individual whose son asked him to go to church with him on Sunday. And his response was, was, I'm not going to any church at all. Wow. The challenge of the enemy is great. And people in our culture are struggling. And as far as the enemy is concerned on a lot of marriages, a lot of young people, he's placed the stone in front of their future and said, you're dead. Jesus wept because of that assumption. Fourthly, he knew the purpose and the glory of the situation. John eleven forty three forty four, And when he had said this, Jesus called him with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. At that moment, when Jesus called Lazarus forward, he was saying to his disciples, I have power over death. He's been dead for days. Doesn't matter. When I call his name, and if he had just said death come forward, I believe that a whole lot of graves would have come out. But he identified Lazarus. The glory of God was revealed because Jesus came, not on our time, and called Lazarus out of the tomb. Here's what I know. I have people I've been working on in the last several weeks. Some have said we're going to be there. Some are dancing around. I know how to dance. You dance on. Eventually, here's what I know. Like I often do. Pastor, we're desperate. We need help now. Can you help us? Well, we can see you next week. No, Pastor. We need you now. Listen carefully. There are a lot of people out there that don't know 
how bad off they really are as it relates to eternity. And the devil's lying to them. And they don't know yet that they're going to need to call on God. And I'm asking you, where two or three are gathered together tonight, our prayer will make a difference in the lives of individuals. One, to those who are a little bit afraid of getting out there and said, come on and go to church. We're praying for them. We're praying for those whose heart is resistant. I'm not going to church or any church. God, through the Holy Spirit, can melt their will down through the power of prayer. We're praying that Sunday when we come on this campus, I'm asking you, don't you believe that when you come on the campus of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can feel his presence? I do. I felt his power in Israel. And I believe my prayer is when they come on this campus, let the shroud of conviction on all of us be real from the very beginning. I had a man tell me Sunday morning as I greeted him. He said, wow, it's good to have you here last week. He said, listen, Reverend, if you'd have told me a month ago I'd be coming into your church, he said, I would have called you out, but here I am. I said, you know what you're having? A supernatural, miraculous experience that God knows what he's doing in your life. There's another time that Jesus wept. Those of us who were in Israel three, week, three weeks ago, is that right, Mike? Three weeks ago. We stood on the Mount of Olives. We were not at the very peak. I've been at the very peak up there. But we were high enough you could look down and see all those graves stacked on one another like that. It says, when Jesus came over, headed in to face the crucifixion, Paul's with his disciples. Not a lot's changed. Looked over the Kidron Valley, over the walls, saw the Temple Mount. And the Bible says he wept. And he wept because the people there were blind. He wept because they had an opportunity right in their midst and they failed to realize it. He wept because he knew what it would take to offer a path to redemption. And he wept because he loved them. I pray as we prepare to go into prayer, we don't have a whole list. I met today with the team. I said, I'm not looking for a list, not looking for something to hand out not looking for something to put on the screen. I said, here's what I want. I believe God spoke to me. I want us to just get a place and pray. And I want us to pray for the things that God lays on our heart. And I want us to just meditate and let God speak to us. That's the best prayer. So that when you leave here tonight, 
you know, God, I took advantage of the opportunity to be that bridge across the chasm of unbelief. And when you come in here Sunday morning, you can expect to feel the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. You're welcome to come to the altars. You're welcome to kneel in the front. You're welcome to sit there. You will, whatever, whatever you pray, however you pray best. If it's up walking around, take a hike. Do whatever it needs to do to cause you to say, God, I want to talk to you. And let God speak to you about needs. God, let conviction rest over us as we come Sunday. Help people's effort melt hearts down and do something supernatural. God bless you as we slip into this time of prayer, everybody. In the presence of shared this story before. I was pastoring in Mulberry and when I got there, church began to grow and, and um, we tried to sell the property. We tried to sell, we approached Badcocks. I've told you that story three or four times. But it so impacted the executive vice president of Badcocks that he got saved and not only did he get saved he got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit one of his responsibilities was to take old Mr. Badcock who started Badcock Furniture 
out on their fishing, when I say fishing boat, I don't mean like a fishing boat. I mean like a fishing boat. Big deal. Gave his heart to Christ. Iris, who'd been in the church, her dad was a preacher, and she'd been praying because her husband, Big John, was backslidden away from God, gambling, drinking, be gone for several days. She's praying and 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 praying. She had Marty, who was not a believer. She had Steve, who was not a believer. She had Paula, who was not a believer. She had Pam, who was not a believer. I mean, they'd seen what their dad had done, and boy, Iris was a prayer warrior. She owned a gas station, filling station there in Mulberry. Her little office, if you went by there for a need, she'd have you in that office just like that. She'd be praying over you, and she'd shift into that prayer language. And all the young people at Mulberry High School knew, you get with Miss Iris, buddy. But Big John, someone said, if you get him, I'll believe in God miracles. I talked with him, visited. He's the one I told you I went to the door and knocked. He wouldn't come. I knew he was in there because she told me he was in there. And I kept knocking and knocking and finally came to the door. Had on a white t-shirt and a pair of old softball shorts. Anybody remember what they looked like? What are going to do for you, preacher? John, I just came to tell you that I loved you and came to tell you. Sunday's Easter. Yeah, I know. I said, I, I'd really like for you to come. A lot of us have been praying for you. Well, I'm planning to be there. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And I said to him, if the Holy Spirit moves on you in the service Easter Sunday, will you be obedient to God? He looked at me. I will. I will. Easter Sunday came. Place was packed in the choir, around the walls, in the back. And the choir had a special song. Someone is praying for you. Someone is praying for you. Everybody was standing. Choir's giving it their best Easter shot. I look back at old Big John. His knuckles were white on the back of that pew. And he began to shake. I said, ain't God good? Tears streaming down on his shirt. I've watched God do a miracle of redemptive salvation in his life. And before I left Mulberry, he became a deacon in the church. Marty, the oldest son, is the one that had 500 pounds of marijuana in his trunk 
And when that happened, Marty, on Sunday night, gave his life to Jesus Christ and then asked me, what are you going to do with that marijuana? Secondly, his oldest daughter, Pam, Pam, who was a single mom, gave her heart to Jesus Christ. And now she and her husband, Mike, sit right over there on Sunday morning. The other daughter, Paula, came to Jesus Christ and married my brother, Steve, who was the baby, went to Southeastern and graduated and became a pastor of a church in North Carolina because somebody prayed and the Holy Ghost shook a wheeler dealer and said, you cannot withstand in the presence of John. slip your hands up. I want you to claim a promise for Easter Sunday. I want you to claim it. Claim it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We claim every promise. So would you carry that faith with you? Would you believe that God is on the move? Would you allow God to use you and flow through you? I'm telling you. <laughs> Old John thought he was just giving it up. Yeah, I'll go, preacher. But you can't fight that Holy Spirit. God is able. Amen. Put your hands together and thank Kevin over there. He's been playing forever. Amen. Father, thank you for this night, this day, this group of people in your name. Worship team is going to sing a song, whatever it is. It's wonderful. You are welcome to go. Fellowship. Greet somebody even if you don't like them. God bless. In the presence of Jehovah and
would try.